0: With your help, we can continue to fight for freedom, reach new audiences, and bring important information to the public free of charge. This is not possible without your generosity. Join our quest for the truth and our freedom and donate today. Simply go to tntradio.live. You're with Misty Winston on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. TNT.
1: Well, hey there and welcome to the Misty Winston show right here on today's news talk. Thank you as always for tuning in to hang out with me. Uh, We have a great show. Dave Benner is going to be joining us here momentarily. He is the social media director for the Libertarian Party. Lots to discuss as always. Uh, So here at the top of the show, I have a couple quick things I want to get through. First of all, um, today is the 11 year anniversary of the suicide of internet activist Aaron Swartz. Um, I like to always remind people about him. I feel like his name often gets forgotten in a conversations here um when we're talking about uh you know free internet and things like that so um if you aren't familiar with him go check him out um i highly recommend everybody he was trying to get uh large numbers of academic articles from uh on the website jstor uh through the mit network um and the united states government essentially uh bullied him into suicide um they tortured him, essentially. Uh, it's pretty terrible, the situation. So um, I always just like to bring his name up on this day. Um, so go check him out. Uh, inform yourself about him. He's fantastic uh, and definitely uh, a really sad situation. Um, also, there is a massive rally taking place in Washington, D.C. D. on Saturday uh, for Palestine. Um, So they did this one, uh, a similar one um, earlier uh, on in this situation. And it was, uh, I think, like three or four hundred thousand people. They've been now planning this one for like a month. So I assume it's going to be massive, 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 massive. I wish I could be there. I cannot. But um, so you can find different um, uh, information about it. So it is on Saturday, January 13th. um, And they have buses that you can, if you uh, would like to go, but you cannot uh, drive yourself there or fly yourself there, whatever it is. There are a ton of buses uh, taking off from various locations across the country. Um, There's multiple ones taking off from Connecticut, several from Florida, several from Illinois, Indiana. Uh, For each state, there's multiple different locations, I think, except for maybe a couple. There's only like one central location. But um, uh, there's numerous ones from even Massachusetts, which is a tiny little uh, state, but they have numerous ones taking off from Massachusetts. Um, They have one in Michigan. They have one in Minnesota, North Carolina, Missouri, uh, Ohio you name it there are buses taking off from all over the country so if you would like to attend the rally um uh, definitely check that out and see if there is a bus taking off near you uh, so that you can get there also it saves you some money you don't have to worry about gas money or uh, any of that stuff so definitely go and check that out um also um i wanted to uh, obviously we've been talking about the icj situation um international court of justice um Uh, South Africa has raised complaints about genocide uh, with Israel and that started today. So um, uh, South Africa, the reason why I'm bringing this up, I I would love to go into like full detail of all of the hearing, what took place, what was said, all of that. Obviously, I don't have time for all that. I'm trying to get Sam Husseini back on the show, maybe for next week. I'll see if I can, uh, if he's got time and we can work that out. Um, But I just wanted to bring it up because uh, I want everybody to go check it out. Everybody, uh, Tomorrow, I think Israel is supposed to be responding. That's going to be interesting. Um, uh, It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, We did mention, though, I think we covered uh, Alan Dershowitz here on this show and talked about the ridiculousness of them, of Israel using Alan Dershowitz as one of their attorneys um, representing them in the ICJ. They have bounced him. He is no longer representing them in in this situation. So I can't imagine why. Uh, It's not like he's entirely controversial and kind of gross. Uh, But yeah, um, uh, definitely it's worthwhile to go watch. There is numerous people covering it. Obviously, nobody and mainstream media is talking about it. Big surprise. In fact, if you go to any of the mainstream media um, websites, uh, CNN, Fox News, any of them, it's not even on <laughs> page which is ridiculous so the historic day uh where israel is being called out for the genocide of palestinians and nobody's covering it in mainstream press which not surprising but it is uh certainly interesting so um go check that out watch the videos of it watch the coverage of it craig murray's there um, Consortium News has coverage of it. I tweeted that out earlier today. Um, there are numerous people there who will be doing write-ups and articles and all of that stuff, but uh, you can definitely go and check out the videos for yourself. Um, the opening statement from South Africa was incredibly powerful, um, so uh, it's definitely a worthwhile watch. And then also, of course, obviously, I want to just remind you once again that in February, there are two new court dates for journalist and publisher Julian Assange, uh, February 20th and 21st. If you're anywhere near London, get there, please. Royal Court of Justice. um, I think that they're going to be starting to meet out there around 8 or 8.30. I think court's supposed to start around 9. uh, But we need as many people as humanly possible to show up on those days and make as much noise as possible to really uh, uh, send a statement, to send a message. Um, and then also, if you are in the United States, you can, there's a bipartisan legislation. It's called House Resolution 934. Um, so uh, you can call your House representatives. The Capitol switchboard number is 202 202- 224 um, 3121. Obviously, call your House representative. Encourage them to sign on to House Resolution 934. Um, but also, while you're at it, call your senator. Start putting some pressure on them as well. Obviously, if any uh, legislation moves out of the House, it goes to the Senate. And also, we could just use uh, as many elected representatives speaking publicly in support of Assange and press freedom as possible. So, um, a little bit of homework there for you. Sorry about that. Um, okay. Don't forget, you can follow me over on the tweeters at Sarcasm Stardust. Check out the Substack, mistywinston.substack.com. There's a write-up for the guests of the day every day so you can find, follow, and support their work as well. And if you would like, shoot me an email, Misty Winston at tntradio.live. I've gotten several over the last uh, couple of days um, for guest ideas, show ideas. Um, The Sydney Assange group uh, requested that I make a little video for one of the events that they have coming up. Super honored uh, to do that. Thank you. Um, So shoot me an email. I will get back to you um, as soon as I can. Um, And also, for a complete list of shows uh, and our schedule that's offered here, Here on TNT, we have so many fantastic presenters. You can visit the website, tntradio.live, and we serve up the latest live news and current affairs presented by a host of credible and expert commentators who can separate fact from fiction and truth from propaganda right here on TNT.
0: Giving you what you want. I want the fact. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT.
1: Oh boy, y'all. The World Economic Forum, (laughs) here we go, has released their plans, I mean predictions, just predictions for humanity in 2024. According to the unofficial steering committee of global affairs, the world faces, you ready? A perilous future marked by an explosion of disinformation, turbocharged by artificial intelligence and the devastating effects of climate change. (sighs) I really despise these people. All right, here with this story joining me now is TNT news producer, Adam Clark, AKA Ruckus. All right, my friends. So what does the World Economic Forum have in store for us in 2024?
2: Right. Um, Well, uh, I don't know what they're thinking because if you pay attention to the news, what is the date today? Look, it's the eleventh. We're not even like two weeks into the year of twenty twenty four. And already anybody with half a brain can see that we've got some trouble heading our way. North Korea has been making some threats to uh, America straight up. China looks like they're having some economic issues and uh, everybody's unemployed and hurting over there. So they're probably going to start a war and uh, try to conquer Taiwan. And we'll probably get involved. Uh, Things have not been resolved with Ukraine uh, and Russia other than the fact that, uh, you know, we got half a million uh, Ukrainian soldiers uh, been wiped off the face of the planet. Where they went, we don't know. Oh, that's right. That's the body count they don't want to talk about. Uh, We have the whole Israel thing going about, which, uh, yeah, everybody except the mainstream media wants to talk about. Uh, We've got some stuff going on in the Red Sea. We're probably going to see World War III started between, you know, involving Iran. Uh, Taylor Swift might be a spy working on behalf of the Biden administration. we got issues. So <laughs> despite all of these threats of worsening armed conflicts and Taylor Swift, uh, Klaus Schwab says uh, that the world has far more pressing concerns. According to their Global Risks Report 2024, the greatest threats facing humanity over the next two years are misinformation and disinformation and bad weather. Yep. Uh, the re- among other things. But those are the top 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 things we need to be concerned about. Uh, the report is based on a September survey of 1,490 academics. You might remember that this is where we got that trope of you'll own nothing and be happy. Yeah, that this is this year's version of that. Uh, so they surveyed uh, 14, 1,400, almost 1,500 academics, politicians, bureaucrats, other elites, ostensibly severed from main street concerns. They analyzed global risks through three timeframes, quote, to support decision makers in balancing current crises and longer term priorities, end quote. Concerning the year at hand, 66 percent of respondents suggested weather was most likely to present a material crisis on a global scale. Only 25% said the same about war or escalations going on uh, involving conflicts around the world. Go figure. After undesirable speech and weather events, societal polarization, cyber insecurity, and interstate armed conflict ranked third, fourth, and fifth in terms of risk severity. According to the technocratic outfit's two-year period risk assessment. Inflation of the kind, now consuming the mines and eating of Americans, eating away their savings and driving up the cost of living, ranked only seventh. Oh, wow. While economic downturn barely made the top 10, um, Josie Glayback, the commentator known online as redheaded libertarian, highlighted that the, quote, first four concerns deal in how to control the populace, the following topics that deal more in the well-being of the populace come secondary, end quote. Good observation. Uh, the Virginia Project, a state Republican pack responded to the World Economic Forum's list, noting, quote, literally every single one of these problems is driven by the kind of people who made this chart, end quote. Very good observation. So, yeah this is not to be you know this did not catch me by surprise but yep we're 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 in for a world of hurt because people are spreading lies online misty and the weather could change so we're probably all gonna die what do you think
1: well what if people are lying about the weather then what adam i feel like that's like i don't know i don't know that feels like a whole other issue but yeah i mean listen when the world economic forum speaks you should listen because um you know all of these so-called predictions are really just um confessions about future intent um these are very dangerous people i really dislike them entirely um and yeah you're you're right that you'll own nothing and love it also these are the people that want you to eat bugs don't forget these are the people that want you eating bugs i'm not eating bugs it's not going to happen um so yeah i mean it's not this is not surprising this is um you know, this is the stuff, really, the World Economic Forum has been talking about all of these things for a very long time. I feel like they've just been kind of um, building up their uh, systems. I think that, you know, the covid situation was obviously something that they learned a lot from. I think that moving forward there, um these people are incredibly dangerous. I think that they have far too much power and control. and it's really unelected unaccountable power. um most people don't even know a lot of their names, the people who sit on the boards of the World economic Forum. they are meeting in Davos, um which is always super interesting uh to watch those things. It is a terrifying, Um, glimpse into the psychopathy of the global leadership. Leadership, I say that very loosely because they're not really leaders. They're just people who have managed to, um, you know, manipulate the system in their own personal favor and take over a lot of things. Uh, But yeah, and I also think it's interesting in this article uh, here from Blaze Media where Elon Musk uh, responded to the report by saying, quote, by misinformation, WEF means anything that conflicts with its agenda, end quote. This coming from the guy who, is currently censoring people for various different reasons, not least of which is the criticism of Israel. So, um, you know, it's always interesting when he pipes up, uh, on, on those sorts of issues when he is guilty of very much the same thing. So, yeah, I mean, we need to be very, um, pay very close attention to the things that the world economic forum is saying, the things that they're putting out, um, the different, um, Little games that they play, the little strategy things that they do. These, uh, if you want to know what the plans are for our future, this is where you need to start looking. Uh, World Economic Forum has uh, a, a lot of influence over what's going to happen to all of us. So, but the idea, that, the idea that one of the biggest threats that we face right now is misinformation, makes me want to bang my head up against a wall. It's uh, the whole thing um of uh, the misinformation stuff and I also I love also in the article down at the end it says while acknowledging that the crackdown by authorities on so-called misinformation, particularly of an AI generated sort, which listen, I am terrified of the AI misinformation too the deep fakes, all that stuff, super creepy to me uh, but it con- continues poses a risk of quote repression and erosion of rights, you think uh, the wef, weF suggested that there is also quote a risk that some governments will act too slowly facing a trade-off between preventing misinformation and protecting free speech. no trade-off. there's no trade-off. I'm not willing to give up any of my free speech at all period end of story. Um, and it, obviously we need to contend with AI and the deep fakes and all of that stuff but I'm not willing to give up my rights to do so. but what do you think, Adam? what do you think about this stuff?
2: i'm I'm glad you brought that up because that is the that's that's actually a very important thing. I mean, we you would think that these type of people have talked about this before, and they kind of have. But this is the first time ever in the surveys near twenty year history that these experts have identified misinformation and disinformation as the most severe risk in the next couple years. So, Uh, CNN pointed that out along the fact with the fact that, you know, hello, the elephant in the room, this coincides with an unprecedented year for elections worldwide it's not just yeah. here in America lots and lots of people are voting this year uh, CNN says that close to three billion people are expected to head to the polls in 2024 and you combine that with what you just said about how these are not predictions they're more of an intention um, then we know exactly what is going to happen and then you brought up Davos I don't know if you heard um, and I checked this the other day because I heard Horori Morich talking about this. Apparently, the theme of this year's meeting is reestablishing trust. You combine <laughs> all these things together and I really don't look like what's where we're headed, Misty.
1: No, not at all. Also, though, when you said that uh, CNN pointed out that they this is the first time they've called misinformation the greatest risk, you mean like CNN? I mean, is there any greater purveyor of misinformation than Western mainstream media? I'm not sure if there is. I don't know. If it, if there is, send it to me. I'd like to see it. But uh, Western mainstream media is by far one of the worst offenders. But yeah. <sighs> God, Buckle up. I'm just going to keep saying it. 2024 is the year of buckle up for sure. Um, All right, Adam, thanks for bringing us this story. We will talk to you again tomorrow. As always, hang tight. We're going to be back with Dave Benner right after this here on today's News Talk.
3: TNT Radio's Timothy Shea. The double standard is out there. It's so obvious. It's so frustrating. Eric Holder gets held in contempt of Congress for defying a congressional subpoena. Nothing happens. Obama's DOJ didn't pursue it. Steve Bannon and Peter Navarro defy a congressional subpoena. Joe Biden's DOJ criminally prosecutes them, criminally prosecutes them for defying a congressional subpoena. And now we've got congressional subpoenas of Hunter Biden and James Biden, the resident's brother. And guess what? Nothing's going to be done by Merrick Garland, Barack Obama, Joe Biden's DOJ, that's right, I said Barack Obama. Obama's the shadow president, but he's not the one pulling the strings. He wasn't pulling the strings in his own administration. You know, Valerie Jarrett was his minder. Where is the Iranian born Valerie Jarrett these days? Haven't seen or heard much of her. It's because the Democrats are smart.
0: Timothy Shea on today's News Talk, TNT Radio.
3: I'm Naheem Hines, professional football player and proud supporter of the Muscular Dystrophy Association. My mom was diagnosed with muscular dystrophy when I was 14 and I watched her struggle. But MDA helped her get the best treatments and care. And they also help kids like my buddy, Ethan.
0: My name is Ethan and I'm 12 years old. Thanks to the Muscular Dystrophy Association and people like you, I have more hope than ever before. From day one, they've treated me like family at my local care center. And MDA is the only one that funds over 150 care centers across the US to help provide state-of-the-art care for adults and kids like me.
3: For over 70 years, MDA has been transforming the lives of people living with muscular dystrophy, ALS, and other related neuromuscular diseases. They fund the research for breakthrough treatments, care, and cures. And MDA provides support to thousands of families like mine and Ethan's in communities like yours. Thanks to MDA, kids and adults can live life to its fullest. Join us and learn more at mda.org today.
0: Today's News Talk Radio.
3: Come on, let the man talk. We never censor our hosts. Good. Now talk. Uncensored
0: News. Today's News Talk Radio. All right. Our guest today is Dave
1: Benner. Dave is a journalist, author, and historian who also serves as the social media manager for the Libertarian Party. Uh, You can check out Dave's books, Compact of the Republic, The League of States and the Constitution, and Thomas Paine, A Lifetime of Radicalism, The Definitive Account of America's Most Notorious Firebrand. And you can find much more of his work over on his website, DaveBenner.com. You can also follow him on Twitter at DBenner83. And you can find him right here, right now. Dave, thanks so much for for being
4: here. Misty, thanks for having us. Glad to be back. And I love your show and all the awesome guests you have. So this is great.
1: I do get really amazing guests, let's be honest. I don't know why or how, but I love it. Um okay. From all over the so- spectrum. I know. that. Well, that's kind of my jam. I like talking to all different kinds of people. So I get a lot of crap for that. Not sure why, but I'm going to keep doing it. Okay. Let's talk about, Um. Uh, so obviously you work with the Libertarian Party and they are co-hosting, co-sponsoring, co-organizing uh, the upcoming uh, Defeat the Deep State Rally, which is um, the next iteration of last year's Rage Against the War Machine Rally. Um, this is taking place on February 17th in Washington, D.C. So mark your calendars. Um, you can go to defeatthedeepstate.org for all of the information all of the there's a list of speakers. Um, you can sign up for uh, updates and things like that. you can donate you can check out all the demands. We're going to go over a lot of that here today but uh, definitely go check out the website. So um, tell us a little bit about uh, what we can expect for this upcoming rally.
4: Yeah, I'm so glad that you're interested in it Misty. Uh, this is going to be an awesome opportunity for dissidents around uh, the country to unite to defeat the deep state to undermine the security state that's really prosecuting americans propping up you know the corporate and global elite uh, to keep the wars going. And I couldn't be more excited that Angela, our chair, is teaming up again with Nick Brana, who I know you know, and I bet he's been on your show too, to do this because there really is a lot of crossover between us. Uh, you alluded to our demands. Some of them are pardoning Julian Assange and Edward Snowden and all other whistleblowers. It also means that uh, we're going to be Cheering for the abolishment of various federal agencies in the deep state, the FBI, the NSA, the CIA. We're not reformers, we're abolitionists. So we're calling for the end of them, as well as NATO, which we uh, kind of exemplified in the Rage Against the War Machine rally, and also the DHS, the corporate state, and uh, abolish the military industrial complex that keeps all this madness going. We think that this is kind of at the center of the tyrannical regime, and it's something that dissidents on the left and right can unite to do, so...
1: Yes, thank you. Yes, and that is um, uh makes me very happy. Uh, and I said this last year, I've had Angela and Nick both on the show. Uh, last year, I had Angela just recently to uh, talk about this recent rally. But um, I think that this is, and it's so frustrating to me that it's become kind of controversial to come together on issues where you have agreements uh, with people who maybe you don't agree with on everything. It's so weird to me that that's a thing um, where you uh, suddenly you have to be ideologic, uh, ideologically pure and you have to agree with me 100% before I can even talk to you. It's so, I don't subscribe to that at all. Obviously, as you mentioned by the list of my guests, I will talk to anybody. If we have common cause somewhere, let's have a conversation about it. Let's figure out how we can work together. I'm not like a big debate me, bro. I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't like doing that kind of stuff, but we're, if we can find commonality and we can find where we can work together, I'm all for that every single time. And this list of demands is super bold. I love it. Um, And also uh, a credit to Angela and I already gave her credit when she was here, but just to again uh, initially when the website was launched, um, uh, Assange and whistleblowers were not included and Assange supporters immediately reached out and it was rectified within an hour. I think Angela, it was just an oversight um, when the website was being put together. So it's um, always fantastic to see people recognize um, you know the direct correlation of Assange and whistleblowers to you know all of these things uh, that you, that you just mentioned. So uh, kudos to you guys for uh, including them and for always and to the libertarian party in general, Uh, just being awesome on that issue always um okay so we're going to take a quick break and get some headlines but i want to get into some of the nitty-gritty on this thing so hang tight we're going to be right back here on today's news talk
0: big news big news news. the biggest breaking news story (laughs) holy crap
3: tnt radio news for tnt this is james o'neill the united nations security council recently passed a resolution strongly denouncing the houthi attacks in the red sea which has significantly disrupted international trade. An oil tank in the Gulf of Oman lost communications early Thursday morning, after being reportedly bordered by several armed individuals wearing military-style black uniforms and masks. During a meeting with residents from Chukotka, a region in Russia's Far East, President Vladimir Putin commended Russia for its resilience and independence in the face of external pressures.
0: The common housefly, caught in the clutches of the spider's web. Every move it makes... Just makes matters worse. Then dinner time. Feast on the captivating stories, videos, and helpful information on our website.
3: Oh. Dinner's
0: ready. Oh man! Escape is futile. Just one more video. Get stuck in our web. T N T Radio. Live.
1: All right. We're here with Dave Benner. We're talking about the upcoming Defeat the Deep State Rally, which is being co-organized by the Libertarian Party and the People's Party. Uh, we had Angela McCardle on recently, uh, a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago, maybe. I'm not sure. Time doesn't make sense to me anymore. Um, ever since COVID, time makes no sense to me. Uh, but we talked to her a little bit about that. But um, obviously, you have amazing speakers lined up um, already. Um, so obviously, Angela will be speaking, Gerald Salente. A lot of these are repeat guests, a lot of uh, repeat speakers from last year. I think in in fact, all of them are. Uh, Tara Reid will be speaking. My pal, Garland Nixon. Y'all, I love me some Garland Nixon. I go on his show, Critical Hour, uh, with Wilmer Leon all the time. In fact, I was just on there today. Um, I love them over there. They're fantastic. Um, Keith Keith Knight, uh, Daniel McAdams. I love Daniel. Uh, Tatiana Moroz is going to be performing uh, uh, music over at the rally. Scott Horton. And listen, listen, <laughs> Dave, we got to talk about this. So on the website uh, with a list of speakers, everybody is given like a little quote um, about why they're speaking or what their their most important issue is or whatever it is. And Scott Horton, who <laughs> is like the king of all chatterboxes, is a single sentence.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I knew once I, I heard you going down that train of thought, I knew you were going to mention Scott. Yeah, his quote's the best. It doesn't have to be that way. That symbolizes yeah. everything we're about as far as the deep state and the warfare state. One guest I, that that's a speaker too that you didn't mention that i i need to mention is jose vega i love his interruptions uh you know he's gone yeah. viral a few times and it's been great i can't wait to hear from him too
1: yeah. He's been on the show a couple of times, uh, you know, trying to inspire and educate people about how they can also, if you don't know what we mean by interruptions and if you haven't seen what he does, Jose goes to various different public events where politicians are speaking town halls or rallies or whatever it is. Um, and he interrupts them and he uh, calls them out. He's called them out on various things such as Julian Assange, the war machine, stuff like that. Uh, and it's fantastic. And I wish more people would start doing that stuff. Also, uh, my pal, Pasta, Craig Jardula, um, who I've been friends with for many years. He's another speaker. David Swanson. Dan Cohen. Uh, Dan is an unbelievable independent journalist. He is doing um, some of the most important work right now on Israel-Palestine, and he's been doing that work for many years. Um, And then also, we should mention our very own Patrick Henningsen, who is also a TNT presenter. So um, a lot of great guests. Do you know if there's going to be any more additions to the speaker list?
4: I'm pretty sure there will be more. It's just a matter of... uh matter of announcing those but i'm i'm sure there will be but like you said you list a lot of people that are kind of dis would be associated with dissident right distant left distant libertarian but we're all uniting for this common cause we can set aside our social preferences and economic views i bet me and you have differences in economic views for sure. but that's the that's the magic of this is that we know how integral it is to liberty and to freedom to end the deep state so
1: yeah, and that's what um that's what I was talking about earlier. Um the idea that uh you can't come together especially on something like ending war um with people that maybe you don't agree with on everything. I'm I don't agree with myself all the time. You know what I mean? Like I there I'm constantly learning new things, taking in new information, revising my positions. Um you know, and I think we should all be doing that. And so it's very like I said earlier, this whole environment now where um if you even dare to speak to somebody who doesn't agree with you on everything i can't tell you how much crap i take for that gen like genuinely people get so angry at me and i'm like
4: libertarians are a- the worst at it too like i have really? to admit and i am one. oh this is so bad yeah but yeah
1: wow yeah totally yeah i think everybody's but not bad all about of it. us
4: not all of us
1: <laughs> yeah of course not you know what i mean and that's <laughs> those are my people like i don't if you I don't have, I I mean, I know I'm often lumped in with the left, which is fine. I don't care, but I, I am myself. Labelless. I don't like labels. I don't like to like shove myself into a box. As I said, I'm constantly revising my positions. I'm Mm. learning new things every single day. Um, And so I'm not, and I don't think any one ideology has it 100% right. I think that there's little bits of pieces here and there where we could draw inspiration from. And I just don't like marrying myself to an ideology. And I just, I like to be able to have conversations with everybody, all people. I don't, I mean, I don't care if we disagree, that's healthy, I think. And especially if we can prevent nuclear annihilation, I'm down. Let's go.
4: (laughs) I'm down too. And as a recovered neocon, I totally agree. I was once a cheerleader for the war in Iraq. I hate to say it's embarrassing as hell, but we do change our minds. And thankfully, uh, once we're exposed to the truth, uh, you know, it's really, it's really a, a big moment in a lot of people's lives when they really discover the truth, when you peel back the veneer, the, the state, and the military industrial complex to see, you know, how criminal, these people are, um, that's a moment that we can, you know, use for betterment. Even if we ourselves were not in the the correct place at one time,
1: right? And I've gotten a whole host of issues wrong and had to come around on certain things. I mean, I was once a Bernie Sanders supporter, guys. (laughs) I mean, like I voted for Barack Obama. I hate myself for it, but that's real life. I voted for Barack Obama. Um, It's like the only time I've ever voted for a Democrat or a Republican. Um, And it was really one of the I mean, I voted for um, um, Dennis Kucinich in the primaries. I love Dennis Kucinich. I'm an Ohio girl, so obviously he uh, holds a special place in my heart, but um, uh, that was Obama was really the first time I'd ever voted. Um, I I'm not big into electoral politics. I'm still not. Um, so yeah, I think it's, it's healthy to be open to new information and being willing to revise your positions and certainly just having conversations with people. Like that's, what's so bizarre. It's, it's not like, um, you know, I have to go be best buds with somebody that I have huge disagreements with. It's just a conversation. Calm down. You yeah, know what I mean? And the
4: regime even wants to suppress the conversations. Like, that's, yes. that's one of the, the biggest aims of the regime so that you can never get to abolishing, you know, the central banks or the wars or the deep state is to prevent people on both sides of the spectrum from doing that. I mean, look at the, the rise of both Occupy and the Tea Party at roughly the same time. And yep. then all of a sudden after that, everything is like culture war stuff. Like this is deliberate. This is not organic. Yes. This is, is totally orchestrated.
1: Hundred percent. Thank you for saying it, because I talk about this all the time. In my opinion, on matters of war and Wall Street, there's one party, they're owned and operated by the exact same people and all of the other stuff. They're using that to keep us divided. They don't want us having conversations. They use, and it's very frustrating because they use a lot of uh, legitimate issues, things like trans issues or abortion rights or whatever it is, Um, but they use those because they're emotionally driven and they can get you to stop thinking critically and they can get you to stop having conversations with people that disagree with you on those things. Um, And yeah, a lot of time and money and energy and resources and propaganda is spent making sure you hate your neighbor. Because uh, if you hate your neighbor, then you're not paying attention to the man behind the curtain, right?
4: Mm, you said it. I wouldn't. I couldn't say it better.
1: Yeah, it's very frustrating because it's so damn effective, Dave. It is so oh, unbelievably it's, effective. It's
4: incredible what these people are are proficient at doing, and you know, thankfully, you and hopefully I am part of a movement to try to, you know, make it better for people across the aisle to congregate on things that matter to both, at least in distant circles. If you're parroting the CNN narrative, I don't really care what you think about abortion rights. No, so, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. And I think that last year's rally, uh, the coolest thing for me about it was, and to be fair, I didn't spend a lot of time in the crowd. I was um, up behind the stage because I was trying to get our big Assange tapestry signed by as many people as possible because I want to present that to Julian's family, um, which we've done before with a WikiLeaks flag. But it, just seeing the like real coming together of uh, different ideologies where you have a libertarian standing shoulder to shoulder with a socialist standing shoulder to shoulder with the conservative. I mean that was really cool and uh just seeing those uh, that, that whole thing come together and recognize because that's something the Assange movement's been doing for a very long time, uh, organizing across ideologies. I mean, that's uh, always been our thing. And so to see that be built upon and to see that being used to, uh, you know, uh, build a movement even bigger, uh, is, uh, gives me a, a tiny little bit of hope in my otherwise cold, dead heart. Um, okay. So we have to take another quick break. Hang tight. We're going to be back with more here on today's news talk.
0: Give me a minute with TNT Radio's
3: Steve Malzberg. Last Friday in Pennsylvania, Joe Biden gave a campaign speech, and he wanted to make one thing perfectly clear. Trump won't do what an American president must do. He refuses to denounce political violence. So hear me clearly. I'll say what Donald Trump won't. Political violence is never, ever acceptable in the United States political system. Never, never, never. It has no place in a democracy, none. Of course, Biden's a hypocrite because he himself threatened Donald Trump several times. Press always asked me, don't I wish I were debating him? No, I wish we were in high school. I could take him behind the gym. That's what I wish. They asked me, would I like to debate this gentleman? I said, no, I said, if we were in high school, I'd take him behind the gym and beat the hell out of him. And Biden's not the only one to make threats and talk about violence. Watch. Donald Trump is a guy who you understand he hurts you and, you, and my testosterone sometimes makes me want to uh, uh, feel like punching him, and uh, which would be bad for this elderly, out of shape man that he is. You have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you if you go forward with these awful decisions. So the moral of the story is, if you're a Democrat, you could talk about violence all you want, and nothing will happen. Thanks for giving me a minute, I'm Steve Malsberg. Catch my show Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern, right here on TNT. Life doesn't always give you time to change the outcome. Pre-diabetes does. One in three adults has pre-diabetes, but with early diagnosis, Pre-diabetes can be reversed, and you can change the outcome. Take the one-minute pre-diabetes risk test today. Go to doihaveprediabetes.org.
0: This is the Misty Winston Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT.
1: All right. We're here with our guest, Dave Benner, and we're just having a little chat. We were just talking about the upcoming Rage Against the War Machine rally, which is entitled Defeat the Deep State. Um, that is taking place on February 17th in Washington, D.C. Again, you can go to defeatthedeepstate.org for more information about all of the stuff that's going on speakers. If you would like to donate, I'm sure that they would love that. Um, So definitely check that out and mark your calendars so that you can attend. Okay. I do want to shift gears though, because um, obviously with defeating the deep state uh, and defeating the military industrial complex, we are, it's, (laughs) Holy cow. There's so much, right? There's so much. We still have the situation with Ukraine and Russia, um, which has been an abject failure, which anybody who was paying any bit of attention whatsoever knew it would be. Um, From day one, uh, Ukraine had zero chance whatsoever. Of beating Russia. It's absurd. It is absurd. We just sacrificed an entire generation of Ukrainian men on the altar of Western imperialism. Um, but we also have obviously the situation now is in the Middle East, I think is far more dangerous. Um, it is very close to um exploding into a regional conflict. You have mm-hmm. Iran and Syria and Lebanon, and there's it's it's very tense. And also we should mention that, and I mentioned this a, a bit at the top of the show, um, South Africa has now um and it just started today, the hearing started today, in the ICJ. Uh, the International Court of Justice, which, by the way, just to be clear, is different and separate from the ICC. Those are two different things. The ICC is pretty useless. I mean, to be fair, both are pretty useless, but at the very least, um, South Africa was able to at least uh, start this off, kick this off. Um, And that was a very, I don't know if you had a chance to watch any of the hearing today. It was incredibly powerful. The opening statement from South Africa was really moving.
4: No, I didn't, but you're right about all the other things. I can't really comment on ICC in that, but Totally right about Ukraine and Russia. I was actually a little optimistic about a month ago when even mainstream news uh, media was starting to flirt with the idea of negotiation. But it looks like those stories have kind of, I don't know, they've been buried a little bit. We have the Israeli-Palestinian conflict where even ABC News today, I think, released a story that said 1% of the people in gaza have died since october 7th and what's so crazy is edward snowden brought up a big point about this the other day in in a tweet that's since gone viral that the mainstream news media won't even publish uh stories that consider people in gaza people or innocents. Yeah. You know their the main mission is to make hamas and the people that live in gaza one and the same that's what they do, and it's the mission of the corporate press in the U.S. to make the Likud party one and the same with Israelis. And you know, from you know Scott Horton and others that have talked about this, that th- there's a debate in Israeli press over you know this this hard-nosed Likud policy that's essentially genocide in many people's eyes. So yeah, sorry to skip over sure. what you wanted to talk about, but those are no, some that's fine. I just, too. I
1: just I just I just wanted to briefly bring that up and see if you had watched any of the hearings. I highly recommend you do. The, the opening statement was incredibly powerful. But you're right. There is, and not just um, a debate happening in Israeli media, but among the Israeli population. And we've talked about this several times on the show. Prior to October 7th, Netanyahu was in trouble. Like, there was trouble. Uh, He had a a host of corruption allegations that he was dealing with, the judicial system uh, kerfuffle that was going on. Um, So he was in trouble prior to October 7th. And I think that um, I've talked with Kyle Anslone, who you're familiar with um, on this show. And Kyle's been calling this out since day one one, uh, Netanyahu benefits personally from this situation playing out for as long as humanly possible. Um, and so, which is very frustrating to me uh, that that's how, uh, you know, these <laughs> that's dealt with is let's go kill a bunch of people so that I can remain in power. But these people are psychopaths in my opinion. Um, so yeah, and it's, it's very frustrating to me to watch the way that they are able to um, drag this out. As you said, 1% of the population in Gaza has been killed. And We need to be very clear here. Half of the population of Gaza are children. Half, half of them are children. This is a war on children. Um, And it is, uh, it's really disgusting to me how um, despite the fact that there are millions, perhaps billions of people around the world who are very openly and actively fighting against this thing that they do not care and it will continue. And it's just, it blows my mind Uh, that we are watching a genocide take place on the world stage in broad daylight and uh, being live streamed. It's being live streamed, Dave. (laughs) It's crazy.
4: Yeah. And, you know, it's so important when you break down the percentage of the people there that are children, because one of the ways that the mainstream media just dismisses this slaughter is to say, well, they voted for Hamas. Well, that was what, eight, 17 or 18 years ago when half the people living there didn't vote. And of the other half. Many people weren't of age to vote, and many people just decided not to vote. It's a minuscule percentage of people that even supported Hamas. Benjamin Netanyahu supported Hamas to a bigger extent than most people in Gaza today, and it's just criminal. So I think... You know, Caitlin Johnstone and Max Blumenthal and Scott Horton and all the people we know have been just so good on this, despite, you know, accusations that are ludicrous about anti Semitism and all this nonsense that they use to try to suppress all the dissent against the war machine.
1: Yes. Oh my God. Max Blumenthal is crushing it. He is. Cr- and listen, I've been a big Max Blumenthal fan for a long time. I've met him. He's spoken at my events, which, by the way, um every time, not every time, there's been a couple of times he's been out of time. Out of town, but every time we've held an Assange rally in Washington, D.C., I can contact him and he will show up regardless of how many people are going to be there. Our rallies are generally pretty small, unfortunately, Um, but he shows up every single time without question. And um, he's fantastic and he's always been that way. Um, And he's just been crushing it on this issue. And I think that um, uh, that's why there's such a, a desperate attempt to censor people right now. I mean, we even just saw Elon Musk, the king of free speech. Right? He's the king of free speech. Uh, He just um, censored, uh, I think it was six (laughs) um, very heavily critical of Israel accounts, including Alan McLeod, who Has never been engaged in any kind of weird Twitter drama or he's a journalist. He's highly respected um, and uh, he was uh, suspended along with some other people. uh, And it was very clear to me that that was simply because of politics and their criticism of Israel. And that's uh, I think we're going to see more of that moving forward. What do you think about that? The whole censorship aspect?
4: No, yeah, I saw that. Thankfully, they rectified it. And don't get me wrong, I do think Twitter has been a generally better place for distance since Musk bought it, but there's still problems. And I think one of the biggest ones is one of the policies that Musk laid out a few days ago. I don't know if you saw his tweet about this, but he said that essentially... Um, the reason why some people are banned from Twitter for, you know, basically proposing to kill certain people is because the the they're a politician from a state that the UN recognizes. So as mm-hmm. long as you got that in your favor, you can propose as many people die as necessary. But if you happen to not be representing a state that the UN doesn't recognize, you can just propose or you, can, you just get banned off Twitter for doing it. So I, did you see that?
1: I did. It's crazy. Unbelievable yes it is insane uh that he because a lot of people were calling him out for that because as he is silencing journalists for calling out a genocide um literally israel is on twitter every single day um various different high level israeli officials their proxies the israeli government official account are like tweeting out like video evidence for war crimes like video evidence of mass slaughter of innocent people And that's okay, But Alan McLeod can't criticize them for doing it. It's insane. But that's again, it's very frustrating to me uh, that anybody has ever been under the uh, presumption that Elon Musk is going to save free speech. He's not. He's absolutely not. This is a guy who has numerous, very lucrative contracts with the military industrial complex, the Department of Defense, intelligence, you name it um he's he's one of them he likes to pretend to be an outsider he is not and so um yeah i think it's uh we're gonna see that kind of censorship and that desperate attempt to control the narrative um uh, uh, really crack down which is unfortunate it's one of my big my like my big pet issues um is censorship but it's i think there's no question we're gonna see that kind of stuff really start to crack down even harder which is exhausting (laughs) It's exhausting, right?
4: It is. I'm. I'm just glad. I have to. I have to admit. I'm glad to see people be able to speak the truth about vaccines without being banned too. So there is silver linings, but I'm with you on that one.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess it, it's. It to me, it's um, unfortunate that there has to be any kind of a trade off. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah oh, you can 100%. talk about. It's exhausting. And I think the reason why I get so frustrated is that he is, uh, Musk has presented himself as a free speech absolutist. He's not. He is not. He's definitely not. Um, And so, yes, it is cool that people can now talk about COVID more um, openly on Twitter. um, But uh, to, the trade-off is that you can't criticize a genocide and that's just not a trade-off that i think is uh worthwhile um right. there should be no trade-off you know what i mean you should be able to talk about both openly we're grown-ups we should be able to talk about both um but yeah i think that um like i said we're we're, we're facing various different geopolitical situations um and it seems as if it's very scary, right? I mean, any one of these conflicts, and I use the word conflict very loosely. The situation in Gaza is not a conflict. It's a genocide. Um but any one of these situations could very easily, as you mentioned earlier, spark off World War Three in an instant. All it takes is one bad day, one wrong decision, and it, all hell could break loose. Um, and I mean, we're in a new year now. What, what do you think? Do you? I mean, mm. I'm a cynic, so it's hard for me to maintain positivity. <laughs> so, but I feel like it's a we're in a very desperate situation right now.
4: Yeah, I I absolutely. And people still ask, you know, why are troops in Syria? Well, the answer is because of Iran. I mean, I don't view Iran as as nearly as big of a threat when it comes to nuclear annihilation as Russia, but certainly that's, you know, the hegemon that the U S along with Israel wants to establish kind of a flank against, you know, Iran. And that's why the U S is so complicit in, in Israel's massacre there. Um, the, Ukraine and Russia situation, I think is more of a risk as is Taiwan and Russia. People don't want to talk about it, but that or Taiwan and China, China the Taiwan yeah. and China thing could be coming down the road. And I got to say, I said it on your program last time. I think the distant left is better on that because I have no question whatsoever that much of the quote unquote dissident America first right would care much more about Taiwan's sovereignty than their local community, and they would go to war with China in a split second. So um, those two conflicts, I think, could provoke a world war um, quicker, but all are consequential, and none of them are worth it for the U.S. to be involved in. Um, Washington and Jefferson, I don't know some people on that that are watching may not be the biggest fans of Washington and Jefferson for various reasons, but both of them had such good insights when they said that entangling alliances is, you know, a tragic thing to fall into the trap of. It's going to involve you know your children in debt and essential slavery, and it uh, lot it makes your country inherit all of the adversaries of your allies. It's never worth it. It's why World War One got sparked. It's why the Cold War got sparked, and we don't need more of that.
1: No, no, we definitely do not. We definitely do not. It's very frustrating to me that uh, in the year of 2024, we are still blowing people up for profit. That's very sad to me that humanity hasn't evolved past that uh but here we are it's what we do um and it's it's um it, what you just mentioned there about the um <clears throat> america first right or whatever i think that what's so frustrating dave is the insane amounts of hypocrisy it is so prevalent and it's not just the right the left is also guilty of it um and it's that's what's so frustrating is that um and it's the same thing with free speech on issues of free speech it's very difficult to find anybody who's consistent <laughs> you know what i'm saying like people love to talk about free speech until um they want to silence somebody they don't like and then suddenly it all goes out the window and it's very similar with uh, you know, being anti-war, being foreign policy, uh, focused. Um, and that's, it's just, that's why I like, um, again, not all libertarians. There are some libertarians who are also hip- hypocritical, but, um, like yourself and Angela and Scott Horton and, uh, Kyle Anslone and Connor Freeman and Dave, uh, DeCamp. And there's a whole host of people that, um, I've developed quite a, a, a good friendship with because they're consistent and it's, why is consistency so hard to find?
4: It comes at a premium. And the time I really saw this was when the Nash the Nashville shooting, I think a trans person did that, right? And you saw yep. right wingers all over Twitter right away supporting red flag laws against yeah. trans people. I couldn't believe it. But it's <laughs> so easy to get these people to turn on their quote unquote original principles with this stuff. It's insane.
1: Yeah. And it's just very sad because um uh I guess it's easy. It's easy to just uh, go off on a whim or whatever. It's a lot more difficult to hold consistent principles and to really stick by them. But we need more of that, please. We need more people to just, and I'm not saying I'm perfect. Please don't anybody mistake me for saying I'm, per- I'm certainly not. I have no question um, that there have been times where I've been a hypocrite and there have been times where I, have. again, I'm constantly changing my mind. So I'm sure if you look back 10 years ago, you'll find some statements of mine where um, what I'm saying now is different from that. But I think that's okay. I think that um, uh, really, I would just like to see the consistency of um, th- that kind of guiding principle. You know what I mean? Like sticking to uh, what you believe in. And it's just, we just really, it's um, especially right now, we really need more people to be willing to stand by what they believe in, really stand by what they believe in. And uh, it's just so sorely locking. Um, and that's why, again, I don't care who you are. I don't care who you voted for. I don't care what ism you subscribe to or what books you read. I don't care. Um, if you are, are with me on something, then let's go do that thing. We don't have to talk about anything else. We don't have to worry about anything else. If you want to free Julian Assange and fight for the future of press freedom and free speech, welcome aboard. Let's go. We don't have to go out to dinner. Our friends don't have to have, or Our kids don't have to have playdates. We don't have to go on vacation together. We just have to go do this thing together, stand side by side on this issue. Um, and finding those single issue coalitions, I think is something I would love to see uh, more of that in 2024. I think that we started to see some glimmers of it. Again, the Assange movement's been doing that for ages, um, and then with the Rage Against the War Machine rally, we started to see that build. and I really hope that the February event is massive, and we can continue to build on that momentum, because we, I think I think that that's really what we need. We need to start working on building those single-issue coalitions and coming together whenever we can, just whenever we can. If we can find some common cause, let's go do the thing, right? Um, okay, so unfortunately we're out of time, Dave. Thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show. You're welcome back anytime, of course, obviously. Uh, please check out, you can find links to all of Dave's stuff over on my Substack stack uh, for the write-up today. And of course, check out the rally at defeatthedeepstate.org. Go make a donation, all that good stuff. I'll be back tomorrow uh, with another show for you. As Julian Assange says, learn, challenge, act now, and don't go anywhere. Timothy Shea is right after this here on TNT.